3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of 3AM Tales of Terror. I think this is episode like 53 or 54. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. but I haven't been there that long. We <laughs> but I think that we have surprised. Okay, so what I was looking at is like, I put on my calendar the one year anniversary for the podcast was the 8th of this month. So June 8th. But we've done 52 episodes and I don't know how we've done that because I swear that we've like I swear I've skipped at least like two weeks. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyways, but I think did we it's... have less weeks or more weeks last year? I don't know. How did you can't? Yeah, it's called a leap year. Uh, it's not a leap year. Next year is a leap year. So then, no, I don't know. I just do what I'm told. Man. Is next year a leap year or was 2022 a leap year? Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Anyways. It doesn't matter. I think that we've, I mean, like, week-wise, like, episode-wise, we have, ooh, you know why? Because I think we did, me and Charlie had done the Halloween special. And that made up for the one week. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, I think it did. I don't know. Maybe? Because I think we did two episodes that week. I think I released one. Yeah, it was. We had done, because I released the Halloween episode on Halloween, and then we still did the weekly episode. Oh. So, that's why. Which, by the way, me and Kenny are still going to plan on doing the Halloween episode. We are? Yeah. Oh. We have to release an episode on Halloween at midnight. going to be edgy. Yeah. So, this week, though, I don't know if anybody has, like, wanted me to do this. I don't know. I don't get emails from you guys. <laughs> Nobody cares about you. I know. Um, But we're going to talk about the Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, It's pretty haunted, but it also had a lot of, like, bad things happen there. Also in breaking news, the Conjuring House allows for overnight stays. Not the house that the Warrens owned. Okay. But the actual house from, like, what the first movie was based off of. Mm -hmm. You can do overnight stays in the haunted house now. Oh, God. That would be tight. I don't know. That's how you bring stuff home with you. Nah, this house is blessed. It'd be aight. I don't think that's how that works. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I don't think that house is blessed. It's blessed by the devil. No, no. This My house is blessed. Oh. <laughs> Car might be haunted. Not the house. Yeah, because remember in the movies when Annabelle was in the backseat of his car and it kept breaking down? Yeah. Okay. Well. That was the second one. Maybe we'll just take a plane. Nothing's ever bad has ever ever happened on an airplane. I know. I've only flown like five times. Really? Yeah. I flew to Boston when I was like 16. You and flew to Boston with me and mom. Flew to Boston with you and mom and I flew to Orlando with you and back. Is that it? That's the only times I've ever been on a plane. We used to fly to Boston all I the time. I have been on a plane five times in my life. That's, because That's why you were so freaked out when you Five times, and I know that's an uneven number. I flew to Boston when I was 16. I drove back. Well, I was driven back. Like, so I flew to Boston to get there, and then I was driven back, and then we flew to see your Nana and back. That's two times. And then we flew to Orlando for our honeymoon and back. And those are the only times I've ever been on a plane in my life. 
And I don't really count JetBlue because that's what I flew the very first time, and that was a very small plane. Yeah, I've flown a lot more than that. Yeah, I know, because you've been to Israel. That was still only two flights. It's just a 13-hour flight. 13-hour? 12-hour flight? I don't know. And a long flight. And the next time I fly, my ass better be going to Iceland. You better get that Iceland money. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the Eastern State Penitentiary in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> in case you didn't know where that was. Hey, man, some people might not. I mean, maybe. We do have some overseas listeners. Do we? That'd be cool. Yeah, we looked up the map. You have a couple in England. You have a couple in... I wish our England people would reach out to us. Just talk to me. I am very bored. You don't understand. I have a job, but I like... Are you begging on a podcast right now? (laughs) (laughs) Please love me. I I just... If you email me, I will email you back. Like, I I don't do a lot during my days. She's excessively needy, trust me. I don't do a lot during my days, and I... um, More nights. Or nights, other than sleep. And I, um, I'm i in school for business, but like that doesn't... I mean, my homework's easy. I hope none of my professors Dude, are listening to this. because Your homework's a joke. It is. <laughs> okay, so anyways, we're going to get started. I'm going to get started. The Eastern State Penitentiary sits in the middle of Philadelphia's Fairmount neighborhood. The decaying castle-like structure is one of America's most notorious prisons and considered the most haunted site in Pennsylvania. Today, the massive historic structure is open for public tours and hosts a Halloween haunted house attraction. Is this old prison truly a paranormal hotspot? Eastern State Penitentiary is on the bucket list for most paranormal investigation groups. Teams brave enough to search for evidence of paranormal entities don't ever seem to leave empty-handed. Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters revealed what happened to be the apparition of a man walking through cell block 12. A crew for Travel Channel's Most Haunted reported objects moving on their own. Investigators with the production claimed to have communicated with multiple spirits. When the aging prison opened for tours, people couldn't stay away. It's located in the middle of Fairmount Street in Philadelphia and has become one of the most visited tourist destinations in Pennsylvania. And I would like to say, like, we talk a lot about how Ghost Hunters has been like, um, has done a lot of the places that we've done. I want to, I would, <laughs> I know it's probably going to shock most of you, but I've never seen one single episode of Ghost Dude, Hunters. so good. So. Dad used to watch it when I was a kid yeah. all the time. Yeah. So like by day they, um, I forget their names. The Zach two, Baggins. No, Ghost, the Ghost Hunters is different. The Ghost Hunters, I thought Ghost Hunters is by Zach Baggins. No. What is he then? Ghost Hunters is two guys that do plumbing and HVAC during the day. And then at night, they they do paranormal stuff. I'm pretty sure. You need to look it up. I'm pretty sure Ghost Hunters is Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. (laughs) Jason Hawes, Grant Wilson, Dave Tango, and Amy Bruni. Amy Bruni? You've never... No. This is an old show. Older. Older. I know Amy Bruni. I listen to Amy Bruni's podcast, Haunted Road. You're thinking of Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. That's the one that Char- you and Char- or Charlie like. Uh, yeah. A lot. Well, either way, I've never seen an episode of either one of them. So. Ghost Hunters is. I know Amy Bruni. Some episodes are really boring because, mm-hmm. like, you'll have people that are like, 
yeah, I hear things in my house at night. I do this, I do this, and they investigate. And because they're maintenance guys and it, construction guys, they're like, yeah, you had a leaky pipe in your HVAC well, that was dripping into your wall, so we fixed it while we were here. Right. And Amy Bruni has her own podcast. It's called Haunted Road. It's very good, by the way. Um, and also, she has her own TV show called Kindred Spirits, too. Well, in Ghost Hunters, they do some, like, I, I they have some episodes where they've, like, like, camera guys have been attacked. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I've never seen an episode of either one of them, so... Ghost Hunters is really good. Dad used to make me watch it when I was a kid <laughs> all the time. They would do, like, um, big historical sites like um, battleships. They would do penitentiaries. They would do pretty much some of the stories that we've talked about they've right. done. And, uh, like, some of the clips are really weird. Like, they were on one of the ships, and they had a ghost that was pretty much racist. He was a racist oh guy. Oh, my God. Well, they didn't know that until one of their cameramen kept getting attacked, who happened to be a black guy. And they have on film, you know, they were turning and his freaking bag, because he's, I guess, the camera guy, you know, he holds it on his shoulder uh-huh. and all that stuff. And he's got the big bag in front of him. Uh-huh. Literally lifts up and smacks him in the face. Oh, my God. And they have it on camera. And they're like, yeah, I think you should leave. You know, you're in danger here. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, uh, they've got scratch marks. And it's like legit, because sometimes they're like, yeah, we didn't find anything, you know. Right, right. Maybe it didn't come out tonight. You know, they don't really do like seances and stuff like that. It's more so paranormal stuff. Right. But then it got popular and then it was not good anymore. (laughs) So dad stopped watching it. Oh my God. But yes, no Ghost Hunters. Super good. Either way, I've never seen an episode of Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. Thousands of people explore the historic penitentiary every year and several emerge with their own ghost stories. Guests claim to get a glimpse of a man standing in a guard tower on the property. However, there's no way to physically get to the top of the tower today. The brick stairs crumbled away years ago. Spooky. (laughs) Other employees and tourists hear whispering, giggling, and even weeping while exploring the property. When they investigate where the noises are coming from, they never find the source. The apparition of a mysterious woman is spotted so often that employees have named her the Soap Lady. She sits in the last cell on the second floor wearing white. The second floor held the women's cell block when the prison was operational. Well, at least she wasn't named the white woman. <laughs> Where the white women at? Oh, my God. The soap lady? Why the... I know. It doesn't is say it be- that she had anything to do with is it because soap. She, is it because she cries and stuff like that, like a soap opera? Maybe. Because it doesn't say that she was found in a bathtub. No, she's found in a cell. You're found in a cell. Not anymore. <laughs> God. Okay, so one of um, the prison's most famous um, prisoners is Al Capone. So we're going to talk about Al Capone. Chicago gangster Al Capone spent eight months locked up in Eastern State Penitentiary. Apparently, the spirits of the prison were powerful enough to terrify even the most vicious mob boss. Capone's criminal network made sure his his accommodations at Eastern State Penitentiary were luxurious. His cell could have been mistaken for a cozy living room complete with oil paintings and fine furniture. Although he was living like a king, an unforeseen force terrified him at night. The crime boss would let out blood-curdling screams in the darkness, begging for someone named Jimmy to leave him alone. Many people believe Jimmy may have been the spirit of Jimmy Clark, one of the men killed by Capone's execution orders in the St. Valentine's Massacre. Even after Capone was released from Eastern State Penitentiary, the entity continued to torment Capone. Out of desperation, Capone even hired a medium, but that didn't seem to work. Eventually, he lost his mind and ended up in a mental institution the final years of his life. See, I don't think it's a ghost. Why? 
Capone did a lot of messed up stuff. I know. So I think it was his subconscious. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when he did the execution order of St. Valentine's Massacre, I don't think he was expecting that many people to die. It was not supposed to be a massacre. Wow. It was supposed to be a very strategic plan. I don't think they understood how many people were there. And they ended up offing... Hold on. What is St. Valentine's? Isn't that a, like a cathedral or something? No, it's the Valentine's Day Massacre is what it is. Oh, Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, I think like, like 30 or 40 people got killed. Four guys... Seven people got killed, 23 injured. How many people got killed? Just seven. Oh, and that's a massacre? Yeah, anything over five. Mm. I think it's anything over five death is a massacre. Oh, I don't know. I just, that seems like a really low number. But, um, yeah, like the pictures of it, not great. Yeah? Yeah, not great. Oh. So I think it was his subconscious because he was taking out sections of crime families. Oh, yeah. And he was so stressed out, Probably. Probably. Criminal justice in the 1700s was quite different than it is today. Very different. Let's say you made the mistake of stealing gold jewelry from your rich boss. Gold what? Jewelry. (laughs) You would expect to be flogged, whipped, or even hanged from the gallows. The Quakers of early Philadelphia were pacifists and of course felt uneasy with this. That's when they dreamt up a world where criminals could be forced to truly, genuinely regret their crimes without being physically touched. Construction for the Eastern State Penitentiary started in 1821. The Quakers had no idea their lofty goal would eventually become considered one of the cruelest forms of corporal punishment. Solitary confinement in Eastern State Penitentiary. On paper, the accommodations inside the first cell blocks were lavish. When the penitentiary opened in 1829, the building had more amenities than the White House. Each prisoner had their own cell that was centrally heated with running water and a flushing toilet. The prison was immaculately clean, but this was no Marriott. The prison was one of the largest public work projects of the early Republic and was a tourist destination in the 19th century. Notable visitors include Charles Dickens and Alex de Tocqueville and later notable inmates including Willie Sutton and Al Capone in 1929. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Willie Sutton and what he did when he was there too. Visitors spoke with prisoners in their cells, proving that inmates were not isolated, though the prisoners themselves were not allowed to have visits with family or friends during their stay. The goal was to force isolation so the prisoners could truly think about what they had done and fill their hearts with penitence. The Quakers thought any unnecessary contact could derail the rehabilitation process. To make sure that didn't happen, they created masks to put over prisoners' heads so they wouldn't be able to communicate with or see any other fellow inmates. So it seems like it seems like solitary confinement for the Eastern State Penitentiary wasn't like a room with nothing. It, it was, was you wore a mask. That well, not even that, but it was that was the only thing that they wanted. Like you went to prison there. You, you it was like a it was like a rehabilitation center, like a fucked up rehabilitation center, but a rehabilitation center nonetheless for you to like, I don't know. It just seems really cruel. I mean, it is, but. Yeah, but you got to think during the time back then, I mean. Yeah. Most of the time you were just put in a cell to be waited until they executed you or figured out what they were going to do with you. So, but. I, I mean, it was between making oats and making people crazy, man. Quakers had it all. Stop. Oh, my God. (laughs) Their rooms were fitted with feed doors so they could eat their three square meals a day in total isolation. Guards wore fabric over their shoes so prisoners wouldn't hear their footsteps. Prisoners weren't allowed to speak. 
They sat in complete silence for most of the day. The only book that they could read was the Bible. The only light in their cells came from an eye of God skylight above. This literally just described a North Korean prison, but continue. <laughs> Letters from home and visitors were not allowed. If prisoners tried to tap on pipes or whisper to each other through vents, the consequences were severe. Inmates were punished with the individual treatment system. At the time, this form of punishment was thought to be most effective. They would separate. They would be separated from others. In reality, the guards and counselors of the facility designed a variety of physical and psychological torture regimens for the various infractions, including dousing prisoners in freezing water outside during winter months, chaining their tongues to their wrists in a fashion such that struggling against the chains would cause the tongue to tear. You want to play a game? Oh, God. Strapping prisoners into chairs with tight leather restraints for days on end and putting the worst behaved prisoners into a pit called the hole, an underground cell block dug under cell block 14 where they would have no light, no human contact and little food for up for as long as two weeks. So it just seems like a torture prison. I mean, we had less crime back then. Well, and that's also, well, <laughs> that's also, I, I did put something about that in here. Like, um, a lot of the people, and I think I'm going to talk about it later, but a lot of the people that were in this prison were there because of petty crimes. Well, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Most criminals are, it's mostly petty. They're not all murderers and gangsters. It's... I stole a loaf of bread. Right. I robbed you at gun... Or I, I I walked up and I stole your purse. Right. I did whatever. I was speeding. I punched somebody in the face because we had an altercation, whatever. You, you, you don't get that in those big jobs. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I just... it. It's like, after hearing all of, like... Because what it seems like is it, that it's just like it was a prison that if you were sent to... It didn't matter. You were getting tortured and you were in solitary confinement. You had no outside contact whatsoever. The guards didn't give a shit about you. All of that. Like, it was a prison that you really just didn't want to go to. Seemed to work. I mean, prisons, you don't want to go to prison in general, but this one specifically. In 1924, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford Pinkett allegedly sentenced Pep, the cat murdering dog, an actual dog, to a life sentence at Eastern State penitentiary pep allegedly murdered the governor's wife's cherished cat prison records reflect that pep was assigned an inmate number number c2559 which is seen in his mugshot however the reason for pep's incarceration remains a subject of some debate a contemporary newspaper article reported that the governor donated his own dog to the prison to increase in inmate morale I want to see <laughs> this pep the dog looks like i want to see his mugshot though in april on April 3rd, 1945, a major escape was carried out by 12 inmates, including the infamous Willie Sutton, who over the course of a year managed to dig an undiscovered 97-foot tunnel under the prison wall. During renovations in the 1930s, an additional 30 incomplete inmate dug tunnels were discovered. It was designated a National Historical Landmark in 1965. During the abandoned era, from closing until the late 80s, a quote-unquote forest grew in the cell blocks and outside within the walls. The prison also became home to many stray cats. Please look at this dog. It is so cute. Oh my god. He's like a lab. He's like a black lab. That's why he got rested. Stop it! So you're telling me a man 
Oh, man. <laughs> Arrested a dog for killing his wife's cat. Was it his wife's cat? Oh, yeah. Okay. His wife's cherished cat. Okay. You know how dumb that sounds? Just shoot the dog. No. Yeah. No. That's literally, yeah. He just killed a cat. So you want him to go to a prison? Well, okay. But there's a, there's a whole thing there that just says that he was probably, we donated, he might have donated his dog to increase inmate morale. Yeah. After it probably killed his wife's cat and the wife said, dog go bye-bye. Well, the cat probably pissed the dog off. I know Eli would piss some dogs off. Fucking thwacking them. Eli messed that dog up. I know. But anyway, gave him a mug. I mean, that's just. He's so cute, though. Like, his little, his one of his eyes is droopy. <laughs> I'm going to post this picture. You imagine being next to a dog in a cell? What you in for? Bark. Oh, my gosh. There's another dog that was there, too. Eastern State Penitentiary, his. <laughs> that is a beagle. Yeah. He does not look very remorseful for his crimes. He does not. He is smiling. <laughs> he is like, yeah, I did it. Oh, my God. Hold on. This article says, oh, it's this. This thing says it says she may be wearing a prisoner number, a prison number, but she's a very good girl. Lady would visit the Eastern State Penitentiary on Sundays with her owner, uh, Staff Major Joseph Beerly. According to the prisoner written newsletter letter, the Eastern Echo lady would spend her days visiting, sniffing, lifting spirits, and playing games. So lady was like, lady was a good dog. She was there. Maybe that's where it got fucking confused. Lady was used as a... Like rehabilitation dog? Yeah, she was there. She was like a happy dog. And so maybe that's where it got confused with... What's his face? The other dog. The cat murdering dog. <laughs> yeah, Pep. Pep. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. That's probably where I got confused. Like, because there was a dog that was used for inmate morale. So, who knows? He maybe actually did get him arrested. It's just kind of fucked up that the black dog got arrested and the beagle was cool. Yeah. And then uh, you did talk about Willie Sutton and his escape. <laughs> I told you there was more that happened with him. Racism knows no bounds. Even dogs can't escape it. Stop. <laughs> just say it's fucked up. Oh, my God. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the punishment um, at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Like, punishment. the fuck out of that mic, sorry. <laughs> like, more punishment that they um, had other than just the solitary confinement. So, the iron gag. Let's say you're a few months into your sentence in 1834, and you can't bear keeping your mouth shut a moment longer. That's how inmate Matthias McComsey may have felt in 1833. While he was serving time for manslaughter, McComsey tried to talk to his neighbor. When he got caught by the guards, they slapped the iron gag on him. To do this, they bound and shackled his hands behind his back. They put an iron-casted gag over his tongue. The gag was attached by chains to shackles on his wrist. Then they left him. One hour later, he was found dead in his cell. What happened? Well, apparently the iron collar ripped up his tongue. McComsey bled to death. I don't know if you can bleed to death from your tongue. What he probably did was suffocate to death on blood. Mm-hmm. Probably choked on his blood. Yeah, he probably choked to death on his blood. Because, well, one, iron doesn't taste good. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Why would you know? I used to have to take iron supplements and stuff when I was younger. 
Gross. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Yeah, it, it probably he probably didn't bleed to death. What it probably was is he fucking suffocated on his blood. Yeah. Now we're gonna talk about the mad chair. <clears throat> <laughs> Early Philadelphia doctors believed mental illness spread through the body through circulation. I love this really shitty old like hospital like stuff. Like thought process. Yeah, man. Stuff. It's like <laughs> mental illness comes from your brain, goes to your hands, that's what caused you to do crazy shit. Oh, oh my god. They thought they could cure insanity by simply making sure blood couldn't pump throughout the body. Well, that's true, being dead, you know. Oh my god. The best way to do this? Restricting all movement. The mad chair was created so inmates could be strapped in so tightly it was literally impossible to move a muscle. They would be forced to sit in this chair for days without food. Restricting the blood flow inevitably caused damage to the body and inmates often needed limbs amputated after spending time in the mad chair. So I can only imagine, like, okay, not just your limbs being amputated, but, like, when you cut off blood circulation anywhere in your body, you cut off blood circulation to your brain. Like... Well, no, what it does is it's kind of like a tourniquet. They probably did yeah. it like that. So they did, you know, the biceps, the forearms, and everything. So they stopped the loop of your blood flowing, and then it would, yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm crazy, and that's what caused me to strangle this girl to death. Oh, okay, we're going to put you in the mad chair. Oh, now we got to cut your hands off, so you'll never do it again. We Why said, didn't you just cut my hands off in the first place? We fixed it, because that's inhumane, Jamie. <laughs> That's inhumane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so the water bath, um, we've already kind of talked about, but we're going to go into detail about what it is. Ugh. If you broke the rules during the winter season, you could be subjected to another hor- horrific punishment. A guard would dunk your head in ice cold water, then hang you on a wall all night. The frigid air would cause your skin to ice over before morning, and many didn't make it through. So. You've never seen the movie Snowpiercer. No. It's got Captain America in it. What's his name? Oh. Not not Chris Hemsworth, the other guy. Chris. His name's Chris. Evans. Evans. He's in it. And that's how they would torture people for stealing because it was... Wait, isn't Snowpiercer the one on the train? Yes. Yeah, we watched that together. You did watch it. Yeah. Okay, so remember when they stick the guy's arm out? Yeah. And it's so cold? Same concept. Oh. Except for it's your head. Yeah. But didn't they do that? Didn't they get his arm wet? They like dunked it in water? Yeah, they dunked it in water. They put it outside. It would freeze. And then they shattered it with a fucking hammer because oh. because he stole. God. Yeah, I do remember that. I, I remember watching that with you. Yeah, man. That would... Spoiler alert. People die from hypothermia. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's just... It's bad, man. The, the old quote-unquote this... medical process is so Well, this bad. isn't even like medical. This is just like torture. This prison was obviously just known to be torturous. Right. So, I don't know. So now we're going to talk about the, the, the fall of the Eastern State Penitentiary. When the massive structure was created in 1828, it garnered international attention. Tourists began to flock to the area and ride in their wagons just to get a, gim- a glimpse of the place. It didn't take long for the outside world to question the ethics of this forced isolation. Charles Dickens visited the prison in his travels to America and shared his distaste in one of his books. By 1913, the Quakers' theories on Reformation were abandoned and the prison largely phased out solitary confinement. Eastern State Penitentiary officially closed for prisoners in 1971. That's how long it was open. Good Lord. When did it originally open? 1829. Oh, okay. 
or eighteen no eighteen twenty eight. Jesus. So over a hundred years, a hundred and fifty years, mm-hmm. almost almost one hundred and fifty years. Prisoners were moved to a newer facility, and the building was abandoned for several decades. It reopened as a museum in nineteen ninety four. The harsh punishments used on prisoners are enough to make you shiver even without seeing a ghost. Cell Block 12 is known for echoing voices and cackling. Cell Block 6 for shadowy figures darting along the walls. Cell Block 4 for the visions of ghostly faces. Many people have reported seeing a silhouette of a guard in one of the towers. Footsteps, wails, whispers, and the same stories over and over again. Yeah, and I can only imagine, like, those are the only cell blocks that, I mean, we talked about a couple other cell blocks and stuff, like, previously, but I I can't imagine that those are the only cell blocks that are. It's probably those are the only ones that are open for people, because it's probably kind of messed up. Right, right, right. So they probably just open those for people to, like, go visit and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this story is about cell block four. There's a legendary tale. One of the most legendary tales comes from Gary Johnson, who helps maintain the crumbling old locks at the prison. That you. (laughs) You do locks. (laughs) In the early 1990s, he had just opened an old lock in cell block four when he said a force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. He described a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. He said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one form in particular beckoned to him. But tour guide Ben Bookman says it's a lot harder to find a believer than it is to find a skeptic in here. We in the eastern state do not claim that the prison is haunted. We run a haunted attraction. Bookman says the staff does not like to exploit the prison's darker image. Of course they don't. Most people making TV shows come in looking for ghosts. That's not the story we tell. Inmates were real people. They, these were people's lives. 70,000 people spent time here. We're not going to glorify it, and we're not going to make fun of it. I mean, that's fair. I like, okay. I get that. Yeah, I like that they do that. I mean, and, and it is true. Prison, I mean, inmates are real people. It doesn't matter. Well, a lot of people get detached from the fact of, ooh, spooky ghosts. Not the right. fact that these people were real. And yeah. And went through hell. So, um, Perhaps hauntings are a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to have a haunted experience, your imagination just might make sure you do. Certainly, there are thousands of visitors who say they've experienced no odd feelings, no sudden chills, no strange sounds, and no apparitions. And yet, there are plenty who say they have. I feel like people that go there and want to see it, right? It might their brain might be like, yeah, it's happening. Right. But what's funny is they throw a Halloween party there apparently all the time. Yeah. So the penitentiary hosts a terror behind the walls experience every Halloween. It's one of the country's top-ranked haunted attractions. More than 200 performers are part of the show that's designed to send even the bravest muscle heads crying for their mommies. If a haunted attraction in a haunted prison isn't creepy enough for you, it doesn't have to end there. You can sign up for a special mark that lets performers know you've agreed to be grabbed, held back, or taken into hidden passageways. Okay, so we have to talk about that for a second because that is one thing that I have always been on the fence about doing as I know that there's haunted attractions that you can sign a waiver for and it's like, yeah, they can grab you, they can they can do this, they can pull your hair, they can rip your clothes, they can whatever. I've <laughs> part of me has always wanted to do that to do that. But the other part of me has always been like, if I'm scared and someone grabs me, I'm gonna knock them the fuck out. Like you're going to try with your little noodle arms. I, 
know. And see, that's that's my problem and why I can't do haunted attractions. Mm-hmm. Not is not because I am easily scared, because I'm not. Yours, your you, your fight. I I don't fly. I am flight. And I felt really bad. The one haunted attraction I did in Davidson County punched a dude square in the fucking chest. Did you get kicked out? You probably got I kicked out. I did not. Oh, I grabbed no. him. I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I he just he was like, just keep walking. Aww. I knocked the wind out of that kid, man. I did not mean to. Oh my uh, god. It was bad. I felt bad. He jump scared me, got me good. Oh my god. He did, he got me good, and my instinct was four inch punch to the chest. Wham! Oh my god. And I, I grabbed him by the shoulder, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, no. I was like, I'm so sorry, man. He's like, most people run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) I am a runner. Um, We went to Spooky. I went to Spooky Woods a long time ago. I I went with um, people who shall not be named. But I was talking to you that night. I was texting you that night that we went to Spooky Woods because we didn't get out of there till like 2 o'clock in the morning. If you're from North Carolina, don't ever go to Spooky Woods. It's not worth the money, and it's ridiculous. Anyways. Uh Um... Uh, we, we went in there and I, I went in there with one person and the end, they chase you out with a chainsaw. Most of them do. Most of the haunted attractions they do. Right. Fucking gone. I left the entire fucking group that I was with. I pushed people out of my way to go. See, my problem is they- And I didn't stop running. They did that to the one that I went to down in Davidson. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was two guys with chainsaws, and they cornered me because everybody left me. Oh, hell no. And they cornered me, and they were, like, putting it in my face and everything, and I was like, all right, guys, you got me. Right. Like, can I go now? And they just, like, looked at each other like, wow, this guy's fucking crazy. Okay, cool. Because I know it's not, that's my problem, is I know it's not real. I know. I don't. I'm like Will. Will does not get, like, scared or creeped out or whatever. Jump scares are cheap. You know, getting in somebody's face and just screaming and shouting real quick. The only time... I almost pissed my pants one time at the haunted at what is it was was it Woods of Terror? I've been to Woods of Terror so many times I can't even I can't even count on one hand like anymore. I went so more than five. Yeah, I went to Woods of Terror every year, almost every year from like fourteen. Which is a great thing for your heart. Listen, that's why we don't tell anybody. Carowinds isn't good for my heart either. You're not supposed to tell nobody. Just don't 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 tell them. You know the signs that are like, if you have a heart condition, you don't want to ride these rides. They're not responsible. Yeah, we don't tell anybody that I have a heart condition. So, anyways, awful. We <laughs> we're going we're going into um, we're walking through this hallway and was of terror, and this this bitch <laughs> this bitch. I was coming around the corner. It was like in this in this house. We like it was inside in the house, and it was coming like you had to like walk through like a like a squiggly hallway, like right. walls and stuff. And I was running. Well, I wasn't really running. I was like just because the, there was a coffin, and somebody you walked into this room, and then coffin you walk by the coffin, and then whoo, it scares you. So I was already scared. And then you go around the corner, and this fucking this bitch, she fucking got this close, like from where this mic is to my face, like that's about how close she got to me and screamed in my face. I fucking hit the floor. I almost peed my pants. I I was so scared. Like not because it was scary, but because she was so in my face, it scared the shit out of me. Like, and I wasn't expecting to turn around that corner after literally just being scared to her screaming at me. I think she even asked me. She was like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm fine. You just scared the shit out of me." 
Well, it's like the coffin ride I did at uh, Lake, Lake Hickory, Hickory Haunts. Lake Hickory? Oh, I have to give it to you. Even though Lake Hickory Haunts is like two hours away from us, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I would I pay what what would I pay two hundred fifty bucks for the four of us to go? Yeah, would I pay so. that again? No, but <laughs> like the coffin ride, not a problem. We we should go specifically one more time. We should go one more time specifically to do the escape room. <laughs> I wonder if they change it. Like probably you would. Yeah, I think they would change it. I don't know. We should go again. But it was very expensive because me and Charlie. So like when when the four of us go, me, Will, me, Kenny, Will, and Charlie. Me and Charlie go in the attraction, and then him and Will will stand outside because you know they they don't. We both have the same problem with fight or flight. It's fight, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're both two big hulking motherfuckers. And it's not like when we were waiting for y'all to go through the little attraction thing, and we were hanging out. You know, performers were walking around scaring people. Literally, nobody came up to us. Yeah. They wanted no part of me at all. <laughs> and didn't they have like, we, we should go again because I think they have like an axe throwing contest and stuff like that. Yeah, we did. We did the axe throwing. We did. Uh, they have a thing called whirly darts, which is really trippy. Oh, my God. The whirly darts. I didn't do the whirly darts. You and Will yeah, did. We did the whirly darts, which is uh, it's a board that spins super fast and they put a strobe light on it. And yeah. You, you physically can't see it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to throw darts at it. Guys, is so weird. But you pay. So me and Charlie got the VIP tickets, and it was like, what was it like, seventy five bucks? I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, but we you get to see the Jeepers Creepers van, which was kind of yeah. Cool. We did get to see the Jeepers Creepers van. Um, but it was like seventy five bucks for VIP, which means you got to skip the line, obviously, and all that stuff. And then you got like a tag, like you got you got like cool merch and stuff. You got like a T shirt and all kind of stuff. So we paid that, and then we paid extra because they have like extra attractions and stuff like they have an escape room and they have the coffin rides and they have this like um the 3d 4d, yeah, the 4D like, asylum thing wasn't. the asylum thing it wasn't it, it was i thought it whatever. was gonna be a lot cooler because that's the thing that creeps me out in movies mm-hmm. is like the old timey like nurses right and they twitch the only thing that bothered me about it was it was just loud but i got put at the end so i got put at like the speaker shit um they put me and Will next to each other. That was very uncomfortable. Uh, I know. Our shoulders were just nailed <laughs> to each other. But uh, have you seen House on Haunted Hill? No. Super good. We need to watch it. Uh, B-class movie, super good. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Grave Encounters. Love Grave Encounters. That-esque movie where it's like you're watching it and you're like, this is shitty. And then you're like, okay, this is really good. House on Haunted Hill is about that. And there's nurses in that movie, and they twitch. Oh, God, it's sketchy. Like Silent Hill? They look like that, but they twitch. Like Silent Hill does, too. Nah, they're more, like, contortionists. Oh. Be- be- this is like a, uh, like, they're glitching. Oh, okay. So sketchy. It does, they do that in Silent Hill. Eh, not as much. It's different. Okay. Well, yeah. So, anyways, I think we should make a plan to go back to Lake Hickory Haunts. I don't know, man. I think we should do a haunted corn maze. That'd be fucking cool. I've been in a haunted corn maze with my mother, and guess what? First mistake. Yeah, that, yeah. Because guess who pissed her pants? Not me. Me and Will would figure out the corn maze while you and Charlie screamed your heads off. Me and Will be looking at the map and be like, all right, we're doing it right. Listen, and left and so right I was so young, and she was like, <laughs> she got scared of this dude. It like He was dressed as the devil. He was dressed as the devil, I remember. He came around, the, he came outside, and he scared her. And she she tripped on something, and then she, like, Peter Pan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> he was a dude in the devil costume. He was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> like... 
Or we could do it in teams, you and Charlie, me and Will. Yeah. See who makes it to the maze faster. Mm-hmm. It'd be me and Will. Probably. Guaranteed. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look because so we have to look now because some of these places have their tickets on sale. It's June. Yeah, but it's halfway to Halloween. That's why. I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh. Okay. We're gonna anyways. Move, we're going to be moving to a house soon. I know. Okay. So anyways, you can take public tours at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, guests will explore the prison by walking through one-way linear routes on an audio-guided tour. After the route is completed, the bold are allowed to explore any open areas of the penitentiary freely. Maybe that's where the cell blocks come in. Now you can just walk through, mm-hmm. probably. If you visit the Eastern State Penitentiary and experience any supernatural phenomena, we'd love to hear about it. Be sure to share pictures with us on our Ghost City Tours Facebook page. So I gave you this part to read at the very end because I, I saw it on Wikipedia and I thought that it was so cute because it mentions the cats again. <laughs> I just thought it was cute. I thought the so I'm talking about ghost cats. Yes, but it's it's you'll just you'll see. I like when the, it. When the prison closed in 1971, a colony of cats lived inside. When restoration began, the cats were captured and neutered, thus causing them eventually to die off. Artist Linda Brenner sculpted 39 cat sculptures, which surround the property. That's cool. The sculptures were purposely made of a material that slowly dissolves over time to represent the inevitable natural decay that faces all living things. I thought that that was so cool. That is cool, and it's also creepy at the same time. Right, but I thought that it was, like, a cool idea for it. Like, I don't know. I think the... um, 39 cats that lived at the penitentiary were keeping all of the spirits company? Probably. And now that, I mean, they probably still are. I wonder if they still are. I don't know. I didn't see anything about, you know, ghost, like ghost cats, like roaming the property, but I'm sure that there are. I mean, there's ghost animals. Ghost mammals. And mammals. So, but, I mean, I like the story. Yeah, I feel like most penitentiaries, most hospitals, they always have a very cruel... We did testing. Like the lunat- did, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, or too? Or we did medical examinations, or we did pretty messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're haunted, because we kill people. Like, surely to God, every single one of the concentration camps are haunted. They've got to be. Yeah, but see, I... And I, I, I would love to talk about them. I don't know if I can. <laughs> oh, with how messed up it is? Yeah. I like and and I know that you know and they know you all know that I like to go into detail about things and I feel like that's something that I can't go into hey, detail about. I got to say I like to think I'm a pretty hard motherfucker. And I know. Not a lot of stuff bothers me but when I was in Israel and I walked into the so the Holocaust Museum in Israel is this huge There's like three Holocaust museums, isn't there? No, there's one. And in, in in Israel there's one. No, I'm saying but around the world. Oh, there's hundreds yeah plenty i mean we got one in dc there's the one in israel yeah. there's plenty in germany you know poland there's they're probably everywhere mm-hmm. um so the one in israel is like this beautiful modern art sculpted area right you walk through the trees and they planted the trees for all the people that helped save jewish people during mm-hmm. the holocaust you know saw oscar schindler's tree and then mm-hmm. learned about a lady that had uh she was bicycling out children in her basket of her bicycle, and she was mm-hmm. being sexually assaulted every day mm-hmm. by German soldiers, and it would distract them from looking at her bike, and she pedaled out like 180 kids, like babies. Wow. Um, so she had a tree there, all that all that stuff. 
you know, you see the good in the world. And I was like, there's a big sign when you make it through the first half, and you're like, yeah, most people don't make it through the second section. You know, it's it's really hard for people. So, you know, left is the bookshop, right's the, you know, going outside a little smoking area. I'm like, I got this. Ain't no problem. It's the kid section. It is. So I walk in, and as soon as you look down, you're standing on plexiglass, and it's thousands of kids' shoes that they found in concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And I look down. I pause. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. And was like, nope, can't do this. And I turned around and walked out. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was 100% the children's area. They talk about what they did to the kids, how they convinced them to like renounce their religion, renounce their families, and then plus all of the uh, experiments they did on them. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't do that one. Could not. Mom couldn't do it either. Yeah. Because when she saw me like get all <laughs> stoic and frozen, she's like... What's wrong? And then she looked down and went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, couldn't, nope, couldn't do that. I don't know. I feel like I would, even if it, I feel like I would want to, it's like I want to. You know what I mean? Like I want to see it. I'd want to walk through it and be like, yeah, I did it to see it so that I'm telling you, you don't have to. But it's like, I don't know. I probably nah, couldn't dude. either. The, if the flooring wouldn't have been there, it would have been perfectly fine. But it's when you walk in and you look down. Mm-hmm. Like look at Google a picture of it. So when you walk in. It is a floor of shoes. The yeah. the door is right over there. That's the first thing you see when you walk in is bulletproof glass. Let me see. And thousands and thousands of shoes in the floor, all burned and corroded and dirty from mass graves and where they just piled them up and everything. Yeah, dude. It's uh it's not great. <laughs> wow. Um, on like a happier note um the game spirit fair um i have to tell you there is a character in that game if you have not played it you should especially if you're dealing with any kind of like grief of any kind um it helps you a lot with that i think but there was a character on there and her name was astrid and you eventually find out that her and her grandmother hid jews in their basement in during world war ii yep and it, it's such a, like, especially when it happens, you're like, oh, I, my first, I'm, I'm going to cry, like, talking about it. But I cried almost through that entire game because every character made me sad. <laughs> but. Well, it's like that, the, the, the book thief. Yeah. I never read the book, but I did watch it. You should read the book. The book's super good. I have the book. I think I have the book. I had to read the book in middle school. That doesn't seem like a book to in middle school i was part of the advanced whatever program so you know what book i had to read in college like my first level of college english class what i had to read the hunger games do you know why i failed do you know why i failed that english class trash exactly they're trash. trash and because that's not college level reading to me no so my first year of college i had to read the dark towers yeah the first dark tower book by stephen king is yeah. what our professor made us read yeah which i had already read it in <laughs> ninth grade i think is when my english teacher she's the one that got me hooked on stephen king she's like hey you should read yeah. this and then i like stephen king and she's the one that's like have you tried hp lovecraft oh my god i was like i do not know who this man is so but yeah so sorry for the sad note there for a minute but you know yeah, but the penitentiary, like, it's 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 always the fucked up, like, 
mm-hmm. experiments they do on people. Like the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. They did the same screwed up stuff there, too. But next week should be a little bit more interesting because we're going to talk about that cave in Kentucky that I found. Well, depending on how much information I can find on it, we'll do that, and then maybe like something else along with it's it, too. It's the largest naturally occurred cave in the Appalachians. I'm sure there's sketchy shit in it. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll do that then. I'll do my best. I also have a project to do next week, but so we'll see. <laughs> shit. I know. I'm also famous now. Everybody just wanted to let you know. Can oh. we go into detail about it? I'm famous now. What? I'm famous now. But you, you said you can't go into detail about it? I'm not going to go into detail about it. <sighs> and it's all thanks to my wife. <laughs> Someone's going to be a famous romance author. And you know what? You know what? No. I don't want my coworkers finding out about this. No. I'm going to tell them. So I read romance books. I'm not going to, we're not going to go into it. They're, um, yeah. Just say romance books. They're, they're romance books, but you know, they have bath. Anyways, um, he tried to, he texted me and he tried to write a book like that in a paragraph and I put it in this Facebook group that I am in and they the women loved All, it. Oh, what is it? 5,000 I think. Yeah, it's like over 5,000 likes day. in a day, two days. Over like a thousand comments and then since then he has started to write more of the book because all of these women want more. Now I'm just doing it out of spite now. Now nah, he's doing it out of spite now. And I think they want <laughs> I think they want it specifically because most romance books and stuff like that are not written by men. They're written by women. So I think they want like, <laughs> like they want to see I think they want to see like how how you can make it from like writing from a man's perspective, not a man's perspective, but like a man writing from a woman's perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, I made him famous on accident. Oops. Yeah. So, my level of petty knows no bounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> Going to so write a whole book out of spite. <laughs> so. Okay. Anyways, we will see you next time next week. And, yeah. Later. Hope you enjoyed the story. Oh, I don't think I did my my references. I did a couple Not. of them. My resources were npr.org, ghostcitytours.com, and Wikipedia. So, just in case you wanted to know where I got all my information from. Okay. Anyways, we'll see you next time. Bye. Say bye. Say bye. Bye. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AM Tales of Terror. You can find pictures from each episode there, as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesOfTerror.com. You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we we hope hope you are terrified. terrified.